Welcome to Changeboard's Future Talent Podcast, our series of exclusive interviews with senior business leaders and thinkers to uncover their perspectives on the changing world of work. I'm Mary Appleton, Changeboard's Chief Editor. Today, I'm joined by Josh Krzyzewski, who is the CEO of Mediacom UK. In this role, he's responsible for setting the agency's vision, nurturing a people-first culture, delivering new business and organic growth, product diversification and future-proofing the business in a fast-changing world. Don't forget to subscribe to the Future Talent Podcast and listen to our range of interviews via iTunes, SoundCloud or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. In today's podcast, Josh talks about his role at Mediacom and the changes he's seen in the advertising industry. He also talks about his view on trust in brands and what this means for the future consumer. To mark Mental Health Awareness Week, Josh also discusses what he's doing to build a working culture where people have flexibility and space away from the day job and why he's keen to create an environment where people feel supported and empowered to speak up about mental health issues and what it will take to destigmatize it. In Josh's view, the talent agenda is about simply helping people be themselves and the job of leaders in today's working world is to create a culture of openness where people feel happy being at work. So Josh, great to have you with us today. Thanks for having me. So can you start by telling us a little bit about your role at Mediacom? Yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm the UK CEO of Mediacom. Uh, Mediacom is the UK's number one media agency. Uh, we've got um, about... 1,300 people uh, in the UK, um, spanned across six offices, uh, London, Birmingham, Manchester, Leeds, Edinburgh, Dublin. Uh, And um, yeah, we're a media planning and buying agency, so we work in the world of advertising. And we work with all sorts of brilliant, big, small brands. Um, Some are uh, just UK brands, some are global global brands, uh, and uh, we're part of a a global network. So I run the UK operation. Uh, and I've been the CEO since uh, the beginning of 2016, okay. so two and a bit years. Yeah. And what brought you here? What's your background? Well, I've always worked in the industry. So um, ever since I went to university and uh, Sussex University, and when I ca- and I was I studied social anthropology, okay. so I was very interested in people. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, when I came towards the end of my degree in anthropology, I was very I sort of was going to go one of two ways, either carry on with academia um, and um, you know because I was was really enjoying it I was I wasn't always a particularly academic person but when I did this course at university I just really enjoyed it so I studied quite hard so it was either do that or I always kind of had advertising as something that I wouldn't mind doing that I always found very interesting me and my brother used to play that the the game when we used to watch tv programs trying to guess which brand an advert was and I don't (laughs) know we just really I, I really enjoyed it and I just found found it a very interesting area and then when I came out of university I got a placement in in an agency and I realized how consumer insight was at the heart of advertising and it was very kind of relatable to the stuff that I've been studying in terms of kind of what motivates people and 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 how different tribes uh, differ and Mm. and um, I just found it quite interesting so I got into it and I've never left it really I've done different roles within the industry but I've always been in the advertising industry for the last 20 years. 
And I'm sure during that time you've seen the advertising industry completely change. Yeah, I mean, it's dramatic how much it's changed. I mean, it changes. The only constant now has changed and yeah. things are so unpredictable that, um, you know, you never know what's going to happen from one day to the next. You go on holiday for, for, for two weeks and you come back and there's a new platform that um, all the young audiences are going to and, and that's where all the advertising dollars are going. And there, yeah, there is a hell of a lot of change, a hell of a lot of disruption. Um, and it's very exciting, sometimes very scary, but it's a, it's a great creative fun industry to be in and what are your kind of major challenges at the moment um so there are challenges in various different parts of uh, of my world so um advertising agencies work with advertisers by nature so we have clients um who um are facing um quite uncertain economic times right now um globally but also yeah. in the UK. So um, that means that, and, th and, and there is all sorts of disruption happening in all sorts of different industry sectors right now, whether it's in FMCG mm -hmm. uh, or in technology or in entertainment. And so that impacts how advertisers spend their money. So um, you've got that going on. You've also got Brexit. So we still don't know what impact Brexit's gonna have on the UK and on the economy. Mm. Um, so that is something that is, um, it's difficult when you're trying to move forward, but you're in a time of uncertainty. It can be quite, um, you know, it can strangle you a bit. Um, mm. uh, and we're in the growth business. You know, we have to deliver growth year in, year, in, year out. Um, and so that's going on. Then we also have a workforce. We've got a lot of people working here at Mediacom UK who need constant inspiration and motivation. Um, they work very hard. Um, it's important that we look after them, that we give them, good, you know, that we give them purpose, um, and that they love coming to work every day. So um, we have challenges with clients, challenges with our own people, challenges with our owners. We're, we're, we're um, part of a holding company, WPP. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so yeah, I mean, there's 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 challenges from all sorts of different directions. But it's uh, and then you've also got um, disruption in our industry, such as. Um, Facebook and Google yeah. um, and the growth in digital um, is having a huge impact on other media uh, and uh, we find ourselves increasingly um, competing with not just other media agencies but with uh, media owners, uh, with um, other types of creative businesses, with consultants. So it's, yeah, it's a really challenging landscape, but it's, you know, it is, as I said before, quite an exciting time as well because it forces you to innovate and it forces you to sort of think about business transformation and, and where things need to change in our business to make sure that we've got a sustainable future. Um, so it's quite an exciting time to be in the job that I've got. Okay. And you mentioned kind of um, Facebook there. Do you think that we're at a difficult time at the moment in terms of the trust that's perhaps been lost by consumers in advertising with things like the the recent Facebook crisis I don't know which crisis you're talking about there's been a few different <laughs> crises recently with Facebook um yeah I mean I think um there is there are trust issues in advertising but also in business as a whole mm -hmm. actually I think um I think um consumers increasingly don't trust brands um uh, there's a st there was a story today about fake advertising or about um, uh, somebody appearing in advertising where um, he hadn't agreed to be in the ad adverts and yes, yeah, and um, 
I think people increasingly feel like um, you know the da- all the data data issues and data confidentiality yeah. issues in, in digital media that have recently come to the fore definitely make consumers feel like they're not sure who they can trust. They're not sure how safe their data is, um, and I think that's a real problem. And I think as a response, uh, as an industry, we have a responsibility to to safeguard um, our, our, our people's um, um, data and their yeah. and their security and their confidentiality. And I think uh, as an industry, we need to make sure that they are safeguarded. So, um, yeah, I think there are tr- trust issues, but I think tr- there are trust issues in all, all sorts of um, industry sectors at the moment. Mm. And you talked about um, motivation among, among the workforce internally. Um, you have been doing quite a lot of work, haven't you, recently in terms of the whole mental health agenda and looking after your employees' well-being? Yeah, I mean, I d- honestly, I, d- I don't think there's anything more important right now than mental health, actually, when I think about, um, uh, particularly in, in our industry, where um, people are on their t- mobile phones or in social media 24-7. Yeah. It, it, people don't switch off these days, and I f- think that um, that creates real issues around um, mental health. And I think we're seeing it more and more um, in all walks of life. So I'm very focused on it at Mediacom and on on making sure that we um, support our people as best we can and that we create a culture, uh, a working culture where people, first of all, have flexibility um, to work in the way that they want to work, um, but also in a way whereby they get a chance to have space so headspace away from work yeah. um, so that they can reflect and so that they can enjoy other aspects of life as well. Because, it, it you know, people do... I, I think when you look at... Um, wh- when we look at how much time is spent on work and how much energy is spent in work now versus when I first started in the industry, it's a lot more intense. Mm. So when I started as CEO, when I took over as CEO uh, two and a half years ago, um, one of the first things that I introduced here at Mediacom was um, I, I encouraged people. So I encouraged a flexible working culture where ultimately, as long as people do their job, I don't care where they're doing it or what time they're doing it. Okay. So you don't have to work the traditional hours and you don't need to be in the office doing tasks. As long as you have an understanding with your team and your manager and you're comfortable with how, how you, you will work because yeah. we all have different needs outside of life and it's important outside of work and it's important that um, we, work fits around those things. So I was very clear about flexible working be, being a key tenet to the culture that I wanted here at Mediacom. But also at the same time, if that means certain people want to leave home, leave work early and then they want to pick up email later, they shouldn't, be, they shouldn't necessarily expect all their colleagues to pick up email later yeah. as well. Yeah. So um, I sort of created a rule, and it's, it's weird to say the word rule because it sounds kind of quite authoritarian. I, didn't, I don't mean that, but I don't really want people emailing each other after seven o'clock at night or okay. in the weekends. So I'm pretty clear with people about that. And I think in general, people are quite good at sticking to it yeah. so that everyone has the headspace they need. It doesn't mean you can't work after seven o'clock at night, but don't expect your peers to be on the other side of an email mm. um, responding to you because they might have their own life as well. And so I think headspace is quite important yeah. um, in, in work, and I think that's an important part of maintaining a healthy um, kind of balance in your life. Um, but also I think 
there are kind of deep, like you know, mental health is a spe- there's a spe- it's a spectrum, and I think that it's really important that we're looking out for um, the people that we work with, and sometimes because there's quite a stigma around mental health, yeah, I feel that people don't necessarily want to come forward and talk about how they feel. So it's important that we are able to look out for each other. And sometimes we don't have the tools to, to be able to look out for each other. You know, and I cl- include myself in that. I've never had any mental health training. Um, but I want this to be a place where people do. So we, we introduced a thing called the Mental Health Allies at the end of last year where we've had 40 people trained in being mental health, what we call mental health allies. Okay. And what those guys do is they... Um, they're fully trained to support people that they work with um, and they're equipped with the right language and the ability to identify problems uh, and the confidence to reach out to other people if they think that there might be something wrong with them or they might might be unhappy in in some way. Um, And we're increasing that this year as well. So by the end of this year, we'll have 110 um, employees who've been trained in, in being mental health allies and that includes myself and my whole leadership team as well because okay. it's really important to me that you know that, that we instill that culture at the top of the company mm. um, and also that there's a there's a balance across all of the different uh, functions within within the company so that there are mental health allies in every department ultimately yeah. okay and how do you feel um, the culture is now in terms of if someone does have a, a mental health problem or something that they're struggling with, um, that they would feel confident to open up about that. So last year we we had a thing, uh, Mental Health Week, um, uh, which which was a, an amazing week um, here, where we had a combination of panels um, uh, where people internally discussed um, areas around mental health, but we also had people from. Uh, Mind from Stonewall, from NABS, which is the National Advertising Benevolence Society, come in and do um, talks and panels um, uh, around mental health. We also did this thing where we um, invited people who work at Mediacom to write their own mental health stories. And they sent them around, like five people sent them around the company on an email. And some of these stories were kind of, you know, they were really powerful, incredibly personal stories that they opened up to the whole company about, which was quite, um, I don't know, it was quite inspiring, actually, that, mm. that people were so brave that they would do that. Um, and we also had, um, we had a wall where people um, uh, put their... Um, uh, put their pledges, their mental health pledges up. So this was a whole week that was quite an incredible week at Mediacom. In fact, it was my, it was, I think it was my best week at, at work anyway in my 20 years of working because, you know, people really brought them their true selves to the conversation. And what I think that did, and the reason I'm giving you this kind of long answer is what I think that did was it kind of destigmatized mental health a bit in, in the company. Um, and this, there's still loads of work to do. But after that week... A lot of people went to our HR function and talked about some of their problems and okay. said that they needed help and that they yeah. wanted. Now, and that worried me because they said, you know, suddenly it was opening up all these conversations that we didn't know existed. But I'd much rather that happened and people started talking about their problems than they bottled them up. Yeah. Because um, I just, I much prefer to think of this as a place which has that culture that of openness mm. um, where people can get help if they need it. Mm. Okay. And from a broader business perspective then, do you think, you mentioned stigma a couple of times there, do you think that the stigma surrounding mental health is breaking down somewhat um, 
you know there's a, there's a lot of talk about mental health in the media for example more than there used to be anyway do you think that we're kind of breaking down the barriers around the stigma definitely i think we're we're, we're you know as i said before we're, we're sort of on a journey and we're at the beginning of the journey so i feel like there's a, there's a long way to go but definitely i think the more people talk about it the more leaders talk about it um the more you see it in, you know, advertising or on, in, in programs or, you know, out there in the media, people talking openly about it, the better. Mm. Um, I think, yeah, I think that kind of openness is, is really good for destigmatizing. And I think it's moving in the right direction. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I think I think the key actually to to all of this um, is having role models. So people that probably are actually at the top of the organization standing up and saying do you know what i've had an issue i've mm. had an issue with depression or you know suicide or, or whatever so that it, it kind of makes people go okay well i feel comfortable talking about it then yeah so we so that um the marketing society have been getting very behind destigmatizing mental health and they've I'm part of a, a, a body that they've got it's a kind of a board of people called marketing for change and um, I got involved because I went to an event that they put on which which is it's called a fishbowl what okay. happens is you have two you have chairs basically in a circle and then you have a, around that that circle you have a ring of loads of people sitting around and someone will just stand up and talk about their own experience in, in front of the whole crowd yeah. and it's incredibly inspiring because a few different people stood up and talked about their own mental health issues or or a mental health issue of somebody in their family and I just thought it was a very it did exactly what they were trying to do which was create a safe space mm. for people to talk and that they, they, these people who were standing up were all very well known leaders in the marketing um, industry so so I've been doing some stuff with them as well and I think that's I think that's right you know we did a thing at ad week recently where we we talked about our own experience of mental health um, and I think you're right I think role models who can destigmatize and give their own experiences uh, in front of the people that they work with is a is a very positive thing because it, it normalizes it yeah um and, and and that's what you know i think that's what we need to do mm. yeah absolutely okay um you're also quite passionate about addressing inequality and in employment um can you tell us a little bit more about that and your involvement yeah in i mean I, so i'm i'm very lucky to have I, I come come from a from a relatively you know middle class um privileged background grew up in london and i and my family instilled very um, sort of strong values in me around equality and very strong ethics um, and that's you know equality racial equality gender equality yeah. um, sexual equality um, uh, from a very from a very young age and and um, so I've always kind of those things have always rung true it to, to me um, and I think a few years ago I sort of thought about well wh how do I feel outside of what I do at work what would I like to do to sort of you know make the world a better place I suppose and 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 social mobility is a really big thing for me so yeah. I've been I'm a trustee of the Transformation Trust which is a charity that's focused on um, really giving kids from deprived backgrounds um, the the understanding that things are possible in life and that they're you know giving them self-esteem whether it's through informal training or just um, uh, understanding of what they can what they can achieve and, and and giving them experience of spending time with adults 
Um, I was also a trustee of a, a, a charity called Futureversity, which was a London-based one um, that was, um, you know, y you're working with kids. There, we were doing all sorts of programs in the holidays, which were partly about informal training, but also partly just about making sure that, that the kids who were in their school holidays were being fed, honestly. Okay. Um, and, um, but at Mediacom, we're very proud of um, an apprenticeship scheme that we've got going here, that we've had going here for about five years now, uh, that was introduced by my predecessor and, and is still going in full, in, in full swing. And, and we get um, a really good um, kind of makeup of, of, of UK society, I think, would come and interview um, at the Apprenticeship Selection Day. And uh, we try and bring people from, from all different walks of life to, to, to come for apprenticeships because our industry has always very traditionally been quite white, middle class, yeah. university, university graduated um, gene pool, really. And, and, yeah. and um, we're very keen for Mediacom to really represent a broad makeup of UK society. And um, I think we do a relatively good job of it. We're not there, but we're... we're I think 42% of our entry-level people were BAME in 2017. We're looking to improve on that yeah. uh, at every level. Um, but it's really, you know, we're seeing the benefits of that as a business mm. um, because we're communicating to the, to, the, to the whole of the UK. So it's important that we have a good understanding of what UK society looks like. Um, but also by ignoring um, uh, huge proportions of the UK population, you're missing out on huge amounts of talent. Yeah, yeah. Um, and... Um, you know that's crazy and so so it's something that i'm very focused on um not just from an altruistic point of view but also because it makes business sense yeah okay and what responsibility do you think that organizations like yours or business leaders have to kind of reach out to schools and young people from less privileged areas? I think, I think it's essential, honestly. I did, um, I think, you know, things like Speakers for Schools, I did one last week, um, I think are really good because they give you the opportunity to just inspire people about what you do and, and, and what the world can be like out there. Um, and, you know, the, the government doesn't invest in... Um, in schools and uh, in in educating schools about people being ready for work, getting people ready for work, getting people understanding what the work what working life is like. So I think we um, industry has a responsibility for doing it ourselves. So that's part yeah that's partly about um, you know looking for talent, but it's more about creating a platform so people can see what the opportunities exist are out there so things like speakers for schools we're doing some stuff for the mayor's fund for london as well which is around around the same thing really yeah. trying to um get out there to speak to, to to schools um uh and let them see what the world of media has and uh, and what opportunities there are for, pe for people from all walks of life but yeah i do think i definitely think it's a responsibility for industry and what would you like to see in the future in terms of the whole future talent agenda well, I mean, I think that, um, you know, I can only really speak for for us at Mediacom. And, you know, the, 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 the culture that we're trying to create here is one that's meritocratic. So you do have to work hard um, to do well. Yeah. Um, but I want people to have opportunities, whoever they are, wherever they come from, 
not just the people with the you know with the loudest voices um, because I think diversity isn't just about necessarily about social mobility or or, or gender or about or, or ethnic diversity it's also about understanding that um, we're all different yeah and you know we need to celebrate those differences and people should feel comfortable being themselves at work and not trying to be the person down the corridor who's really successful yeah and um so i think for me the talent agenda needs to be about people just being themselves um being comfortable in in the work that they do um and yeah you know having that culture of openness where people feel you know people feel happy to be at work mm. And what would be your message or advice to other business leaders in terms of creating that kind of inclusive, open culture? What kind of practical steps can they take to do that? I think it's focus. You know, I think it's focus. Um, I think, um, you know, I've got amazing people around me. So um, I've always been very lucky in my work that I've always been surrounded by people who are much smarter than me (laughs) who who can teach me things. So... Um, you know, I've got um, uh, a woman at, at Mediacom, Nancy Lengthorn, who's our head of um, diversity and inclusion. And she's always thinking about what we should do next, how we can improve the things that we're doing. Um, and she's always challenging me. And I think it's important, you know, I think it's, as I say, it's about focus. I think if these things are important to business leaders, they need to give it the proper due time and attention and invest in um, the right talent around them to make sure that they're prioritizing um, creating the right working culture for their people. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so you mentioned kind of always thinking about what's next. So what's next on your agenda at Mediacom? Well, we, we <laughs> oh, I'm pitching a lot at the moment, to be honest with you. So, <laughs> so it's quite difficult to take my head out of that right now. But um, I mean, I think we, um, we're in an interesting time right now because... There's so much change in our industry. Mm. We're sort of trying to get our heads around it. Um, and I've got, I've got, you know, my 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 vision for MediaCom UK is for us to be the best agency in the world, right? Now I probably would say that, but I've got some quite clear strategic priorities that that um, that w- we need to focus on to make sure that we get to that. The first one is about our people. So Mediacom's mantra is people first, better results. Yeah. It always has been. And so the strategic priority number one is about how do we make sure that Mediacom is always a place to grow for our people. Yeah. And we've got all sorts of initiatives around that. Um, but that is a big focus for us. How, how do we make sure that you know people are always growing and that we're always getting the very best talent in the industry at Mediacom? Priority number one. Priority number two is how do we make sure that the work that we do always sets us aside for our, for, against the competition for our clients so that we're always doing the most creative and innovative work for our clients and that, we're, and that now that digital and data is such a big part of that, that we're always doing the, the strongest and most award-winning digital and data work for our clients. The third is about our, the sustainability of our business model. So how do we ensure that our that we, are, we become more of a strategic consultancy for our clients in the future. Uh, and that it's, you know, that's a sustainable business model for us. Yeah. And the fourth is around how do we, um, you know, and a lot of people are talking about this at the moment, but with the advent of AI and automation, how do we make that work for us and for our clients? So the big benefit of being a Mediacom client is the scale. 
for Vidicom. Yeah. But how do we make that scale really work for them in the future? And a big part of that is automation. So how do we how do we ensure that our people aren't spending their time doing menial tasks and manual tasks for our clients so that they can spend their time adding you know intellectual value creative, to yeah, our clients and, yeah. and creative value to our clients so w- there's a big focus on on that how do we make that 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 work for us as well mm-hmm. so we're really focused on those strategic priorities as a business and i've got a brilliant leadership team around me who are who are leading those those different priorities um with me and, and for the company Okay. And so you talk, you've talk. you talked a, a little bit about kind of the uncertain climate, not, you know, operating in a, in a difficult period, I suppose. What do you think are the key kind of leadership skills that are needed um, to kind of be successful in this new era of work? So first of all, I think you have to be positive. Um, and um, I, I am inherently optimistic you know I just kind of I, 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 I'm just very excited about the future yeah. and, I, and I always see my wife would probably totally disagree with this but <laughs> I, I can see opportunities uh, I, I see barriers as well but I see opportunities I think you need to be quite a positive person um, resilience is, is yeah, key yeah. Um, and um, Resilience isn't always something that's easy to come by, but I think it's something that um, we have to focus on and find time for. So, so you know, and this is very relevant to mental health actually, because you know, I, in my in my job, it's, sometimes it can be incredibly stressful. And, and the thing that the thing that I feel when I get stressed is some, the thing that my ailment with stress is sleep. So I yeah. will I will. Um, when, when things are really stressful at work, I'll often wake up in the middle of the night and I won't be able to sleep and I'll be ruminating and I'll be coming up with really stupid ideas, um, but I just won't be able to relax and go to yeah. sleep. And that, that's kind of my, that's my issue. And that, and that I, I, I think that's really closely linked to resilience. And I think you really need to, to be resilient. Sometimes you need to try and maintain perspective and uh, I think perspective is a really important part of being a leader. And the way to do that for me is about finding time to create space for yourself. Yeah. Um, so I meditate and I do yoga and, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I spend time trying to, to, trying to create that perspective. Um, and I think it's about, you know, understanding what the important things in your life are. So family and friends and your hobbies and interests. I genuinely believe those are really important things to maintain in your life when you're leading a big company, um, particularly at difficult times, because those are the things that help you maintain perspective and that helps you have resilience in tough times. And I know that's quite a strange thing to talk about when we're talking about business, but I think they're really closely linked. Yeah. Um, so, um, so yeah, positivity, resilience, focus. Um, I think it's really important to have a plan and to stick at it. Um, uh, that doesn't mean you can't, you know, pivot. But I think it's important to be really clear in your mind what you want to achieve and and, and be really focused on achieving it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's really important to surround yourself with brilliant people. Um, and you know, I'm very lucky to to have brilliant people around me. Mm-hmm. And final question: What's kind of the the best advice that you you've ever received in your career that you kind of you always remember and, and it always sticks with you in all your decisions? That's really that's such a difficult <laughs> question. I mean, I I um, th- th- I, there are a few things. So the first thing I would say is one that I often say to young people, um, and that's 
There's a question that you often get asked in an interview, which is, where do you see yourself in five years? Yeah. And I just think that's such a... I don't think that's a question that people should be thinking about necessarily. I think that if there's one bit of advice that um, I often give people, it's do the job that you're doing as well as you can do it. And do a job that you're passionate about and that you love doing. If you do those two things, you'll get a great job after that. Yeah, And it's okay to think about what the next job is after that. Yeah. But don't start trying to think two jobs ahead because mm -hmm. you never know what's going to happen and you never know what's going to come your way. And it's good to focus on the present. You know, don't focus too much in the future. Yeah, focus yeah. on the present and, and making the present great. So I think that's something that um, I, I often say to people. But another thing that I, did, what I would say that, so, so my, uh, my father-in-law is quite a mentor for me. He's a very smart man. And whenever I ask him advice, his advice is always the same. And it's always, just, just wait it out. Just, he, he'll always <laughs> say that to me. He'll always just say, just, you know, don't rush. Just wait it out. And you know, that that's always his advice. And it's always great advice. Yeah. yeah don't, don't rush and jump into things. Just take your time and think about it. And, and I do like that. So uh, those are probably my two, uh, my two uh, pearls of wisdom, if you could call it that. Fantastic. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to this Changeboard Future Talent podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a comment or rating. You can also check out our other interviews and stories on our website, www.changeboard.com. And we look forward to bringing you another future talent podcast very soon. <laughs>